When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Toronto Maple Leafs walk into Rogers Place and get a 4-0 victory. A shutout by Jack Campbell making his first appearance since being injured on January 24th. The goal scorers tonight, Nylander, Marner, Spezza, and Hyman. So the Oilers' five-game winning streak comes to an end. Their record drops to 14-9 and on the season. 7.53. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line and the Leafs, Rob, I thought played very well tonight. Uh, I think you saw as the game went on, the Oilers really struggled to get much going. A good checking job by Toronto and they certainly capitalized when they had the chances. Yeah, as Bob and I were just talking, I thought through the first half of the game it was fairly even. I, I just think that at that point the Maple Leafs were capitalizing on their opportunities and they had a couple good ones and the Oilers didn't. The Oilers had some good looks early as the Leafs turned the puck over a couple of times but once the Leafs got the the lead then they just shut it down. They did a very good job on the two stars of the Oilers. Every time Connor McDavid went through the neutral zone he had a player skating with him so they were trying to take away the pass to Connor and forcing other players to carry the puck in and they you never saw a lot of second opportunities. There was very little offensive uh, pushed by the others. They, the only line that really had an extended period in the offensive zone was the fourth line. Uh, they never got second or third opportunities, and Campbell, every time he was called upon to make a big save, he did. So uh, the Oilers probably going to be a little upset with the way they weren't able to capitalize early, and on the other side, the Toronto Maple Leafs are thinking, you know what, that was an absolutely perfect road game playing without their superstar Austin Matthews. Yeah, and the Leafs took control two goals late in the first period. Nylander scores on a power play, the only power play of the night, and not long into it, the Oilers lost the faceoff, actually won a couple puck battles behind the net, but the Leafs then got right back on them and kept the pucks alive. And after a bit of a scramble, he's able to fire one home. And then really a big one just a minute 13 later. It was a bigger problem earlier in the season, but we have seen the Oilers give up goals in less than two minutes uh, a few times now this year. And uh, Marner able to walk in and pick a small pot on Smith. And then really the whole complexion of the game changed at 2 nothing. Well, it did because then the Oilers are chasing. And when you chase a highly skilled team you sometimes force plays and that turns into odd man breaks or or easy outs for the opposition and the Leafs were able to do that on the Marner goal the Oilers had numbers it was three on three that turned into Marner being wide open for the shot so that's that's something they're gonna have to look on video well yeah the game did change when when Marner scores now it's two nothing now the Oilers have to get a little bit a little bit away from their game plan and, and Toronto was just solid they uh, smart. Uh, they you can't take penalties against the the Oilers. They didn't. Now I think the ref. These were a little more lenient. The referees. I think both ways. I think both teams could think. Okay, there was a couple that you could have called, but on. I don't see either team complaining because that's the way players like to play. You know, let us play. Just call it consistent. Refs were that way. But yeah, when you start chasing good teams, you find yourself in trouble. Trouble. And what we've seen 
lately with the Oilers with a lead as the game moves on, how they've shut down the opposition. The Toronto Maple Leafs did that tonight. In the third period, uh, I don't know if there was any point where you thought, okay, the, the Oilers have got a chance to to come back in this one because they just weren't getting any chances. Yeah, really a, a couple of good chances in the third period. Campbell stopped Haas with about nine minutes mm-hmm. left. Pooley-Arvey had that one-timer. No, even granted that was a little further out or not from a, a great angle. But, I mean, the, the Haas chance was yep. an excellent save. And the, the Pooley-Arvey one-timer, he did, he did what he had to do. But... But Campbell still played well. He was he was there when he needed to be, for he, sure. And, and give him credit. This is a guy that hasn't played in, uh, what is it, a month? Cause he yeah, a little over a month. A little over a month from when Kachuk fell on him. And, and he comes back uh, because the <laughs> their starter, Anderson, he's out too. So this is uh, was a big night for him, and he gave them a solid effort. And I, I, it also shows nowadays how... Uh, well players train and how professional they are. I mean, we saw Smith come back from injury you know, for a long period of time and puts together a 6-0 and start to his season. Campbell out for a long period of time going against one of the top scoring teams in the NHL. He gives them a quality start. Uh, and, and Toronto had to adjust their game a bit. Uh, they're their depth wasn't as, as strong because everyone had to move up a little bit because Matthews out of the lineup. Yet this is the second time they beat the Oilers without Matthews. Uh, well, hopefully we'll see him back in the next game because it's always fun watching the other team's best players. But the, the, the Oilers know when you play Toronto, you can't chase a game. You can chase a game against the Canucks because eventually you will force them into mistakes. Chase the game against the Leafs. The Leafs actually got smarter with the puck as the game went on. They gave up more chances in the first when they were even than they did when they got the lead. And the Oilers certainly next game got to make sure they come out and and not have to chase. Try to get the lead and force the Toronto Maple Leafs to get out of their game plan. All right, 4-0. The Leafs win it. Let's get some post-game reaction courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. Just, just your take on the game tonight, maybe what, what was missing from uh, your group's game overall. Um, yeah, I think they just won the battles. Uh, it seemed like there's a lot of little little battles around the walls and around the boards, uh, and couldn't really come up with with uh, with the pucks. And um, yeah, something that, that we need to improve on. It was noted that it was the first time all year you guys hadn't drawn a penalty or didn't get a chance on the power play. Is that you know, the refs calling a little different, or is it maybe just not earning them in a certain way, or what did you see there? Uh, yeah, I just don't think we earned them tonight. We didn't work as hard and. Um, yeah, just got to regroup and back at it in, in two days. Rob Kuchkowski, Post Media. Leon, you guys had a, a lot of really good looks early on, especially in the first five minutes of the game or so. If, if one or two of those go in, does that maybe change the complexion of things, or do you guys get what you deserve tonight? I mean, I'm sure it would have changed the game. It always does, but we just didn't deserve to win this game, and that's that. Um, it's pretty pretty obvious that they just outbattled us. Not, I mean, the power play is such a big part of your arsenal. I mean, not getting uh, a couple of looks on that that always plays a big difference in how a game turns out. Uh, yeah, it's, we didn't we didn't earn any any power play time tonight. So um, it's just pretty pretty simple. And, and if you watch the game, I think it's uh, yeah, the, the the game just explains it. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Leon, you had 30 shots, but it didn't appear that you had too much traffic in front of Campbell and a lot of one and dones. Is that how you saw it? 
Uh, yeah, we, we couldn't really get to their their net front. Um, like you said, we got shots on net, but they weren't weren't very dangerous or um, no no second attempts or anything like that. So um, yeah, again, that's something that we we need to look at and improve, obviously. And when you're going so good, winning five in a row, and then eight of the last nine, you hate to say, are you due for an off night? But were you due for an off night? I don't know, um, no, but I guess, yeah, every team has an off night every once in a while, and um, I guess guess tonight was ours. Um, yeah, we're just looking to regroup and go back at it in two days. All right, that is Leon Dreisaitl as the Oilers lose 4 nothing to the Maple Leafs. I think you can hear the disappointment there, and uh, pretty blunt. They, they, they were not good enough uh, tonight, pretty uh, outplayed, outworked, and he said it when asked about uh, the refs. He said, well, I mean, we didn't really do enough to, to earn a penalty either and, and lost a lot of the puck battles. And Dreisaitl tonight played only 17-19. He did have three shots on goal. No, he would have played a little less with... I suppose not a lot of special teams, too. Uh, five, five out of 12 in the face-off circle, a rare off night for him there. Look, I, I don't know what the issue is, but I'm comfortable saying he is not 100%. Mm-hmm. And I know, Rob, you always tell me no player is 100% <laughs> throughout the season, but I would, I would theorize that he's further below 100% than he would like to be. Um, he has not practiced in a week. Uh, to me, that's that's a sign. There's there's something that's being protected or nursed here. Well, that's that's a huge sign. And as Bob referenced before the game, Leon's a guy that never misses practice. There's certain players, veterans that uh, use uh, practice as uh, you know. Do I need it today? Do I not need it? Is rest better for me? But Leon's a workhorse, and, and he likes practicing. He likes working on things. So there is something there. I think the best Leon played in tonight's game was the last. I don't know, last 12 minutes of the game when he was playing with Pugliarvi and Nugent Hopkins. That line actually created things over the last three shifts that they had. Uh, the line that he's playing with Cahoon and, and Yamamoto, he is strictly a playmaker on that line. He's not getting looks offensively. Yamamoto and Cahoon, uh, they do yeoman's work forechecking. They... They'll crash the net. They'll 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 go to the spots they need to go. But the one thing they're not doing is creating anything for Leon. And it... The hard part for Leon is he is also the team's best goal scorer. I know that he's, I don't know if he's leading, I don't think he's leading the team in goals this year, but he's not getting chances other than power plays. So uh, he's doing a ton of work trying to make his line mates better, but his line mates haven't been able to make him better. Having said that, when he played the last few minutes with Pugliarvi and, and Nuge, that line's created things. Now, I don't know if they're going to change the lines up for next game or not. Uh, it's hard to really argue a lot when your team just went 11-2 and two before tonight's hockey game. But, yes, I, to, to your, your first question is Leon got something, some issue. It's obvious. When, when you're not practicing at all, you're just playing games, there's something. But I, the one thing about it is he hides it quite well. I mean, he had six points in three games before this. He's second in the National Hockey League in scoring. So whatever's wrong with him, it's keeping him out of practice, but it's not certainly not stopping him from being dominant in the league. Yeah, yeah I mean, you'd, you'd think if it were that that serious, he, he would miss uh, miss game time if it absolutely came to mm-hmm. that. And, and I mean, obviously, as you know, sometimes players are told, look, you're not playing. If it was that, if it was that bad, the training staff would say, sorry, well, you know, this is not your choice. Well, when it, when you whenever you're playing with something that you can make worse, 
It's, there's a difference between playing hurt and playing injured. Mm-hmm. I mean, all players are hurt. They're, they're all banged up. But when you're injured, and, and it could cause you eventually to be worse off down the line, whether it's this season or, or, or going forward, that's when the trainer will step in. Obviously, it's not that. I mean, we've seen him dominate over the last little bit as well. But, yeah, no, he's, he's a little off. Having said that, uh, in the last 10 minutes, he, he did create and make a number of plays that, uh, I mean, well, you talked about the Pugliarvi play. That was all Leon setting him up there. Hopefully it's nothing and it's just something that he can fight through and get back to 100% because uh, there's two more really important games against the Leafs coming up. 4-0, the Leafs win it over the Oilers. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Shed.com, presented by Japanese Village Restaurants. Thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and take-out. Complete details at jvedmonton.ca. You know, it, it, the Leafs are, are first in the division for, for a reason. I mean, they're now uh, 16-4-2. An absolutely outstanding record. And... The one thing I noticed, Rob, especially as the game went on, they I, I thought they did a very good, if not excellent, job of keeping pucks alive. You know, we've seen the Oilers when they're on their game, obviously against Vancouver the last couple of nights, keeping plays alive. Oh, it's going to be cleared. No, we, we got a stick on it. We stole it. Toronto did that to Edmonton tonight. I mean, Edmonton... Uh, would get the puck to the top of the circle, almost to the blue line. No, pass intercepted. Puck knocked off a stick. Here comes Toronto again. They were much better in that area today. Well, yeah, yeah, they were. The, the, the Leafs, the Jets, and the Oilers are the three best teams in this division. And when you play against them, they as we saw tonight with Toronto, they keep plays alive. They get in on the forecheck. They clog up the middle. They, they read the plays better uh, it, because they're better hockey teams. That's why... You, Toronto is where they are compared to Calgary or, or Vancouver or Ottawa because they can make plays and they create mistakes from the opposition. When the Oilers play well, and they did early in the game, they were creating those mistakes. Toronto three or four times in the first period threw pucks away, and that was because the Oilers just pressured them, pushed them, and it just Toronto got better as the game went on. The Oilers didn't, and that's the difference in the game tonight is Toronto, once they got the lead, they were the better team the rest of the way. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor 4 nothing. Toronto takes this one. Uh, mentioned Jack Campbell, the winning goaltender tonight. Mike Smith will uh, wear his first loss of the season. He stopped 25 out of 29. I know I've been asked a few times, uh, how come he's got a zero in the loss column when he played that game against Winnipeg? He was not in net for the winning goal against, which I, you know, I know isn't always fair sometimes to the goalie who might quirky. come it's a quirky off the bench, but, uh, but his record is a fish Officially six and one in uh, in eight games played. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is how you can get us on the CertainTeed hotline. CertainTeed professional grade building materials, pro all the way. But right now, let's go back downstairs, or I guess step back into the Zoom room. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Dave, maybe just an overall thought on, on what you thought was missing from your group tonight. Uh, we got beat. We got beat we weren't sharp enough they played a strong game we weren't sharp enough to win we got beat jason gregor tsn 1260 dave you know when you you win as often as you have lately you never want to lose but so you mentioned you got beat you know had some chances early and then you, you didn't really create much after that so what do you take from this when your team was playing so well and then you have an effort like this well, you got to use it as a as a lesson. Just like some of those games, we were winning in different ways. 
you got to use this as a lesson. Like we, we didn't play very well. We had, like you say, there was a couple chances early, but we weren't sharp and didn't capitalize on anything. We, uh, you know, we didn't kill, couldn't get a kill on a penalty, and, uh, and then we chased the game the rest of the game. So you've been in a lot of these series now, and this is a three-gamer against this team. And what, what is it about Toronto? You know, everybody thinks they're high-scoring games, but a lot of them actually be low-scoring. Why is that? Do you feel? I think they're both. You know, you look at both teams are trying to be better defensively. Both teams have still have some, you know, some really good offensive players, but both teams are trying to play a good team game. Some days it, uh, you know. You get more goals than others, but ultimately it's about winning, and we didn't do enough to win tonight. Derek Van Dees, Post Media. Hey, Dave, that first period, you guys had some pretty good looks, two or three really good looks in front, mm-hmm. I guess. Is that, do you look at that as kind of an opportunity squandered if you maybe convert uh, one of those looks at a different game? Yeah, I don't know. It just, we, we weren't as sharp as we needed to be. We, you know, we had some looks, but ultimately we... Uh, you know, ultimately, we were chasing the game most of the game. Thanks, Dave. Rob Tuchkowski, Post Media. Hey, Dave. It's a bit of an uncharacteristic sag for you guys. Was this more of maybe what Toronto was bringing, or was it you guys were just flat and that was all there was to it? No, they played a strong game. We weren't just we weren't sharp enough. We're, we're going to have to be a lot better to uh, to be competitive in games. And the games against them so far this year, we have been pretty good. Tonight, we weren't very good. Did the situation get the best of them a little bit? Maybe, you know, first place, showdown, and Hockey Day in Canada and all the rest of it? No, that's, it's, you got to prepare, show up to play. We just didn't have, we just weren't very good tonight. Jim Allison, Post Media. Uh, a couple of things, Dave. Uh, their goalie made, you know, made about 30 saves, but it looked like there was an awful lot of one and done. It didn't look like there was much traffic in front of the net. Is that the way you saw it? Could you not get there? Or did you not? The will to get there wasn't there tonight. Uh, we just we didn't like I say we had we had a few breaks early in the game, but not not enough. And you you rolled four lines. Normally, when you get down in the game, sometimes you cut down, uh, get your big guns on the ice more often. Was that because the fourth, your third, and fourth lines were at least keeping the puck on the other team's end? Yeah, they were grinding. We're looking for we're looking to find a goal somewhere, and you're looking all the parts, you know. Final question, Jason Greger. Dave, uh, Leon's missed a few practices and stuff. So obviously, I don't know, he's not 100%. Is that something you think that can, is he going to just have to deal with it the rest of the year or is it, a, is it a nagging thing that can just go away with time? No, I don't think it's anything that's going to keep him out of any games. All right, so there are a quick question about dry settle at the end and Tippett simply saying, I don't think it's anything that's going to keep him out of games. <laughs> so that uh, th- that is that. And Tip, I, I mean, I think you could hear it in Tippett's voice. And, and he made a good point. The other four games against the Leafs were, um, well, a couple were really exciting and maybe a little more back and forth. I think the two in Toronto were a little more tight checking. But in, in the five games between these two teams, obviously this is the largest gap that we've seen. And, and like I, I mentioned before the game, Rob, I, you know, disappointing result. Uh, losing 4 nothing to Toronto. Obviously, you know, you had a chance to creep a little closer to them. You, you lose out on that opportunity. But I think if the Oilers are going to grow this year and take steps, then 
you have to react to setbacks. And this was a setback tonight where I think, for the most part, they clearly know what they failed to do. Oh, they do. You could hear it in the voice of Tippett. You could hear it in what Leon was saying. Uh, and you could see it in the body language of the players. They weren't happy as this game went on with the with the way things were going. It, to me, it, it was simple. They, they were chasing. And Tippett talked about it. Chasing a good team is not easy. And this is a Toronto team that uh, had, has had leads and given up. They did it to the Ottawa Senators. So they were complacent in that game. So they weren't going to do that against the Edmonton Oilers. You weren't going to sneak back into the game because they, they've already been through that. They knew what they did wrong. They learned from that. And this, again, it's another opportunity for the Oilers to, to learn. I mean, uh, Toronto is a good hockey club. I know that the, the NHL overall standings can be skewed because the divisions, you don't know really how weighted they are. Mm -hmm. uh, but Toronto clearly has a very good hockey club. And they've got good depth because they were missing their best player and they were missing their supposed starter. Yet they were, have now won two games against the Oilers without Matthews in the lineup. So this is something that the Oilers know that they got to improve on. And they'll watch video and they'll come back. And the, the great thing right now and about this the NHL and this division and the way it's set up, when you are disappointed in an effort and to the, the players, you could, you could tell there was disappointment, huge disappointment. When you're disappointed in an effort, you get to come back right away and play that same team. You don't have to sit on it for weeks, a month, two months. You get to come out two days from now and make amends and correct the things that you did wrong and send a message to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that's why I'm excited that uh, they're going to get two more cracks at it. And I would expect, I would honestly expect both teams to be better on Monday. And it's going to be a much more entertaining hockey game. All right. Toronto wins it 4 nothing. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We're looking for someone to finish the play. How about this? First time caller to finish the play. If you've never called into 630 Ched before, we want you tonight, and you'll be our finish the play contestant, and Rob and I will do our best to make sure you get your name into the grand prize draw as well. We're live inside Rogers Place, 4-0 Leafs the final. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Okay, appreciate you tuning in tonight. The Oilers' five-game winning streak is over. They lose 4-0 to Jack Campbell and the Toronto Maple Leafs on the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. In the third, Detroit up 5-2 on Chicago, Wild leading the Kings 3-2. In the second period, Colorado with a 1-0 edge on the Coyotes. Early in the first, no score, Golden Knights and Ducks. No score, Canadians and Jets. Finals from earlier, the Flames knock off the Senators 6-3. Washington wins 5-2 at New Jersey. Flyers shut out Buffalo 3-0. Nashville wins on home ice 2-1 against the Blue Jackets. Penguins get by the Islanders 4-3 in a shootout. Latang two goals, including the game winner. Lightning all over the Stars today, 5-0. And the Hurricanes beat the Panthers 4-3 in a shootout. The Edmonton Oil Kings, oh my goodness, Rob. They are cruising again. 7-2. Oh, think they were excited to get back playing hockey again? 7-2 uh, lead on the uh, Lethbridge Hurricanes after winning 7-1 last night. So... Actually, is it? Uh, no, it's not over yet. It's in the third period. It's going to be a, 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 how many times did they play Lethbridge this year, too? They play them a lot, don't they? Uh, well, I think they'll play them six. Ooh. So I think they're going to 24 games. That could be a, uh, a runaway, those six games. Uh, good for the Oil Kings. Yeah. 
We have a question for you before we get to some phone calls, Rob. We have a question for you on the text line. Uh, game day routine, meals, naps, preparation, etc. Not to use it as an excuse, but is the 5 p.m. local start a factor, particularly for the home team? I noticed the Leafs usually get uh, the Saturday home games. Okay, so this person is basically saying, so the Leafs today still played the same time their home game would have been mm-hmm. uh, on a Saturday. Now, having said this, on Monday, it's going to be 10 o'clock Eastern, <laughs> Eastern time for the Leafs. I, I mean, I, I don't think that's why the Oilers lost tonight, but I, but the heart of his question is, do, have, do variable start times affect players? They do. I, I, I don't think, I mean, over the course of the season, it all equals out. Um, to me, for me, this is the, the worst time. The, the 5 o'clock time, the morning, if you play an, an afternoon game, say a 2 o'clock game, 1 o'clock game, you, you can sleep in, you get up, have your meal, you come to the rink, so it's all normal. When you have the late game, everything is normal where you play, you have your meal, you have your afternoon nap. This one is a weird one because you get up and it's two, you have your meal, then it's, you don't have enough time to go back and have a nap. This is the one that throws you out of your routine more than any other game, and bo- both teams are affected by it, but this is the hardest one for me for a hockey player because hockey players like routine, and this game today, this game time doesn't allow you to stay in it. Uh, yeah, and usually, uh, well, the game that went to overtime was 5 o'clock. Oilers won that yep. one. The one no. they got crushed by Montreal was an early one, so, I mean, who knows? You no, know, I mean, it, the, the, put it this way, the players nowadays are in much better shape, much better mentally prepared. <laughs> uh, they, they, not, nothing, and, and Dave Tippett talked about it too. Uh, he said, when they said, is this a first place game, blah, blah, blah. Nothing affects players anymore like it used to. Uh, they're a lot, they're much mental, much mentally, more mentally strong than when I played. Oilers lose 4-0 to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, goal scorers were Nylander and Marner in the first period, Spezza in the second period, Hyman in the third, and really the goal of the night, Spezza's oh, goal. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that was what nice. A play. Like, seriously, I mean, we've, we're fortunate because we get to see Connor score magnificent goal nightly, practically, it seems like. But you, you always marvel at, at the talent of, of the players that come through here. And every once in a while, you get to see something brilliant. And the, the Spezza goal was brilliant. Uh, he froze everyone. Uh, and I mean, he had the defender thinking it was going across. He had Mike Smith biting bad. Smith had already gone. He was facing still up ice when Spezza was shooting from the side. An absolutely beautiful goal. As, as I said earlier, Spezza is not the same player he was. Spezza was a great player in this league for a number of years. He's not that player anymore. But if he has time and space he still can make pretty plays. And that was an absolutely thing of beauty. It was a beautiful goal, and that more or less put the game out of reach for the Edmonton Oilers. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Chris standing by who has uh, taken our first time ever calling Ched Challenge <laughs> and given us a ring. Chris, did you want to uh, ask a question or comment on the game or did you just want to play? No, I think you guys are both awesome. And, Rob, if I saw you on the street, I'd totally ask you to send my boobs. So cool. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's intense. Well, I will carry a Sharpie everywhere I go just in case now. <laughs> Look forward to it. All right. Chris, just for uh, playing tonight, you get a Hungry Herd premium sampler box. I don't think anybody's ever said that to you before. I'm a little rattled. Uh, Hungry Herd, top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices. Alberta owned and operated. Well, let's see if Chris does indeed have a pair. It could win this. Hyman has been playing banged up lately. He got belted by Jason. Big, hard hit at center, flattening Hyman. Alex Jason, Chris, scored a goal 
in the last game the Oilers played before tonight against what team? Vancouver. Vancouver. Absolutely, Chris. Your name is going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Vision Electronics, courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Well, you know, JP wants an autograph, but not on his body like that. He's, he'd, he'll be fine with a sheet of paper. Chris is raising the, the bar there. Uh, Derek says the Leafs played some really good defense against McDavid. I think that's a big part of what made the game for them. Yeah, I thought they defended well overall. Mike from the north side, I said, I think everybody's looking at this loss the wrong way. The Leafs are a better team, period. It's simple. The Oilers just had a reality check. They're not getting much better with uh, with who they have. Well, the Leafs are first in the division for a reason, Mike, so I guess they, they proved it tonight. Well, they I wouldn't, I'm not going to throw in the towel on the Oilers' season. Well, it, I mean, the Oilers have beat, the, coming into tonight's game, they were 2-2 two and two against the Leafs. I think they're very, very close in inability. I think that uh, when these two teams play, a, a break or a bounce here or there is a difference in the hockey game. Early in the game, the, the Leafs capitalized, and the Oilers didn't. The Oilers had a couple of great looks early. The Leafs actually were sloppy in the first 10 minutes of this hockey game, turned the puck over, and they were the ones that created the chances for the Oilers. Campbell was excellent. The Oilers didn't capitalize. They started chasing. When they started chasing, uh, you're not going to catch the Leafs. The Leafs have got a good team. Uh, Monday's a new game. Uh, breaks and bounces early in a game will dictate how that game goes, but I, I think that the Leafs right now are the best team in the Northern Division, but I don't think the Oilers are very far behind. Certainty Hotline have Robert standing by. Robert, good to hear from you. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. How you guys doing tonight? Good. Well, I mean, you know what? I think uh, honestly, I think uh, I think you know what. Despite the despite the Oilers losing four nothing tonight, I think you know this uh, this is uh, this this you could honestly say is the Oilers' first bad game since the, or if you want to call it that since that since that five uh, one stinker to the. Uh, against Montreal, the, the, from what was it, game three of the season or four, whatever it was. So yeah, I mean, you know, game. so yeah. So I mean, you know what? I'm not gonna. So I mean, you know what? I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Not gonna say no. The sky's falling. With our five game win streak ended, we lost. And like we had, we had, we had a bad night. And you know, playing and simple, the Leafs. Uh, the Leafs came out. They were better. They, you know, when uh, you know the whole, you know, like uh, when the Leafs got a chance, they scored. On Campbell, Campbell, I thought was good in net, and I thought you know Smith. I don't think, I don't think any of the any of the four goals he let in were necessarily bad. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what you guys think, but I mean you know and you know and I agree with a little bit with what uh, Leon said there uh, after the game. He said you know like we didn't we didn't we didn't do enough to earn earn a power play. You know and we weren't you know and we weren't very good, right? So. I mean, you know what? I think I think the Oilers they they just need to they need to regroup and you know pick them you know just dust themselves off and be ready for Monday because because you know what I mean you know when you look at the standings Toronto's Toronto's still only six points ahead of us and we still play them four times so right so I mean you know I think it's 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 still it's still entirely a possibility for us to catch them for first place and I think I think Monday and Wednesday's games will be much more uh, entertaining and uh, especially and especially if uh, if Matthews is back in for Toronto. Yeah. Well, I hope so, Robert. And again, to go back to to so one of my ongoing themes, 
I, I mean, yeah, look at every game as a challenge. Well, mm-hmm. you know, the going into the first game against Vancouver was, okay, you just swept your rival in a home-and-home. Home. You just swept Calgary. Don't overlook Vancouver. Then it was you had the emotion of a of a three nothing comeback to win four three. Don't think that's good enough, and you're, it's good enough just to get a split. So now you, I mean, you got you got beat in every area mm-hmm. by by a team that's ahead of you in the standings. So now that the test is okay, make it a better game on on Monday. Push them. I mean, make it a little tougher for the Leafs on Monday. Well, and. The one thing that we saw tonight, this was a, a rare game where McDavid and Drysaddle weren't the two best players on the ice. You know, Marner and and Tavares and and Nylander were, were were had better nights. You don't usually see that, and you certainly don't see back to back games where Drysaddle and, and Connor are not the two stars on the ice. So I would imagine both their lines will be better next game. I thought for the Oilers tonight, their fourth line was good. So, I mean, there were positives in this game tonight. I would think that we would see Koskinen. And I, I imagine we're going to see a, a much more uh, focused Oilers team on Monday, a team that's going to come with a little more jump. Uh, a little more excitement. And, and the one thing that we've seen with Dave Tippett, he, when something doesn't go right, he'll go to the drawing board and try to figure it out. Toronto did a great job limiting Connor McDavid coming to the neutral zone. When Connor comes up with speed and the puck on his stick, I mean, it scares the opposition's defense. Well, Toronto just didn't let him have the puck. They made sure that there was someone taking away passing lanes if the guy's getting the puck to him. So there was other players that had to carry the puck through the neutral zone. And that... Uh, is the way you play against the, the Oilers. Don't let Connor touch the puck. You have a better chance of winning. I imagine you're going to see much more of Connor McDavid on Monday, and usually that spells success for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I think that, that's a good point, though. The Leafs, they were good in the neutral zone. Very good. Against McDavid and all the other lines, and, and, and the, the Leafs, the Oilers couldn't string passes today, so they're going to have to figure something out there. Well, and I wonder if Bouchard comes back in, too. To yeah, but, well, it, possibly. I know that Bob <laughs> mentioned it a few times tonight. The, the one... Uh, I don't know if it's a problem, or but if Bouchard comes back, my guess is he has to play on the left side because they have three righties they're not pulling out. I'm not sure they're comfortable having Bouchard play against the best team in the division on his offside. All right, we have Rocket and Shane coming up on the Certainteed Hotline. You're also going to hear from Caleb Jones. The Leafs win it tonight, 4 nothing over your Edmonton Oilers. Back after the news and weather. Hartland Ford, overtime open line on 6.30, Chet. Rob Brown is here as well. Toronto wins 4 nothing at Rogers Place. The Oilers' record is now 14-9 and on the season. I want to remind you that James H. Brown and Associates Serious Injury Lawyers given 100 bucks to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous for each goal throughout the season. The Oilers so far this year have scored uh, 79 goals, so 7,900 bucks, and they'll try to start scoring again when these teams reconvene on Monday. The Certainteed Hotline is 780-496-0063. We have Rocket standing by. Hey, Rocket, go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I, You know, three of those four goals for uh, Smith, I mean, seeing eye dog the first one the the power play goal especially you know Smitty lost his stick there as he was coming over and uh, Thornton cross-checked Archibald in the back so you know he got too deep obviously on that play but if you're Tippett and you're talking about line con- I know he juggles him through the through the game and he's just trying to generate something but that doesn't mean I he's going to change anything next game I mean if I'm 
he's he's smart enough to know that uh, you know they've won a lot of games lately, and and he said it himself. He was flat. I like Drysaddle's comment about uh, you know their board work just wasn't strong enough. Um, I thought that was a major factor in the game myself watching it. Um, but if you're Tippett, is the biggest biggest move that you make just switching goaltenders because, you know, Koskinen likes practice, he's rested, he's, you know, he should be raring to go in my eyes. Well, I think he, he will be. And the thing with Koskinen going back in, he had, he's played well. I mean, uh, he's not not playing because of what he did in his last outing. He just hasn't played because Smith has been so exceptional. I think Koskinen will be in. Uh, as for other changes in the lineup, there's always a possibility of Bouchard coming back in. I don't know if it's going to happen well, or not. Well, if Neil can play and Patrick Neil, Russell's yes. kind of. I mean, well, absolutely. Or even Turris, possibly. Uh, yeah. Uh, although, the, having said that, and we talked about it with Bob... Ha- Russell Haas and Chase that was their best line tonight. Well they worked they they worked yeah. hard and Haas's quickness I thought made yeah. a difference. No, they were very good. I thought Russell was good, but Russell is always going to be your 13 14 forward. It's going right. to go in occasionally and give you exactly what he gave you tonight. Uh t- tonight the just the Oilers just weren't as good as the Toronto Maple Leafs as the game wore on and uh they have an opportunity in a couple days to go out there and be better. Just some of the uh stats tonight. Uh, we usually give you ice time. McDavid played 2015. Nurse played a lot again, 27-20. Barry played 25-18. McDavid was uh, the, uh, well, he took the most face-offs tonight. He won 12 out of 20. Carroll won 5 out of 8. We mentioned a bit of an off night for Dreisaitl in the face-off circle, winning 5 out of 12. Shots on goal, Darnell Nurse had 7. Wow. A uh, few guys had had 3, but that's that's what happened, too. The the Oilers couldn't get anything a little tighter, and they were trying to float a, th- a few through from the line and, and get a tip or a rebound. There weren't a lot. Actually, maybe one of their best chances was that Nugent Hopkins tip in the second period, but it wound up going up over the net. Hey, well, and the, honestly, if you if I think back through the game now, the only one Oiler that I saw consistently get to the front of that was Pugliarvi. He had a couple times where he got to the front of net and created havoc in front. Other than that... Campbell, there was a number of times where the Oilers would have some, a little bit of an extension, extended time in the offensive zone, and Campbell would make a save and there'd be no rebound because there was no one in front of him. If, if he could see the puck tonight, he was stopping it. And the Oilers didn't do a good enough job creating traffic. Give credit to the Maple Leafs for forcing the Oilers into bad shooting lanes and forcing the players in front to take long routes around to get to the front of that. By the time they got there, the play was already dead. All right, on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. We have Shane standing by. Shane, thanks a lot for calling, man. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Reed, hey, Rob. Uh, obviously, a bit of a tough game tonight. Um, just got one quick one for you guys. I just want to know uh, why you guys think uh, Tippett might have such a reluctance to go to the Dynamite, Dynamite line, sorry, which is Dreisaitl, mm-hmm. Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto. Like, I mean, even going back to the play-in series, he waited till like, the last five minutes of the last game to put him back together. And then the blender was out tonight, and he still will not go back to that line. And I'm just kind of curious if I'm missing something or if you guys might have an answer as to why he just won't try that line again. Shane, uh, I, I want to ask you something. Do you and I secretly share a brain? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've obviously heard me talk about that a lot, especially earlier in the yeah, season. 100%. Yeah, uh, the, the, in all honesty, the, the reason I believe is that the Oilers, uh, if, if, you put Nuge, or if you put Nuge with Dreisaitl and Yamamoto, up until 
the last little while, then you'd be leaving Connor McDavid with uh, very little offensive help on his wings. The Oilers, for the longest time, were a four-player team uh, offensively, and that's why Yamamoto played with Leon and, and, and Connor played with Nuge. With the emergence of, of Yessi, I think now it's easier to make changes because Connor wouldn't be left alone on a line. Having said that, Connor likes playing with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And uh, in, I think Leon has played very well and has got fantastic stats on the season considering his two line mates have been really quite cold for quite a while. Uh, I mean, Yamamoto... Yeah, Yamamoto's been up and down. But it's been a while. Like, what's he got? One point in his last... Or two points in his last seven, eight, nine, ten games? Like, he's not producing offensively like he did last year. Cahoon had the one game where he scored a couple goals, but that's it. So, Leon is, is playing, and neither of those guys are setting up Leon. Leon's not getting any looks uh, offensively. Uh, is it a possibility they put those guys together? Absolutely, it is. But you also got to remember, that means you're taking someone away from Connor. And we're seeing right now, on the left side... There is just nobody that is really a top six forward for the Edmonton Oilers right now outside of uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Well, well, here's the thing. Now, the problem is he's a right winger. Who's that? Archibald plays with energy. Mm -hmm. He always gives you what he has. Mm -hmm. I I know he's not a highly skilled player, but we've seen him a little bit with McDavid where he's been able to finish a little bit. But he's a right winger. But he shoots right. Yeah, that's what I mean. They don't have a left winger to, to move up there. I mean, Cahoon, uh, he's, I, like, I like what he does, but he's got what on the season. He, just, he doesn't create... Four goals, two in yeah. one game. Yeah, so he doesn't create a whole lot. So is it a possibility? Absolutely. But then you're, taking, you're, you're making the best player in the league, his, team not, his line not as good if you take away Nugent Hopkins from him. So I mean, to me, I hey, I said last year I never would have broke him up. So I'm I'm on the I'm on the side of putting Nugent Hopkins, Drysaddle with and Yamamoto together. I'm all for that. But I'm saying that then you're taking away uh, the, one of the big strengths of Connor McDavid's line, and he is your best player. I'm just surprised. Well, I'm not saying I'm surprised necessarily, but I thought if there was a game to try it when he and he started shuffling with about 25 minutes He's, left. He flipped. He flip flopped Leon and Connor tonight. Right, yeah, basically. So all he did yeah. was those two flipped, and they trying to create something. But t- to me, it's beca- I believe it's because Connor enjoys playing with Ryan, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's what I believe. All right. Is this I, – I, I'm a little uh, – I'm a little rattled here. I, you know, it's kind of like – it's like, you know, you just go on a, a usual trip, say, to the to the grocery store, and then all of a sudden, you know – Brad Pitt or somebody really famous is there. Bob Stoffer. Bob Stoffer is there. I believe Sirius Gord is on the line. Wow. It's an actual Sirius Gord sighting. We're listening, I suppose. <laughs> Am I on here? Uh, oh, me? you're on, buddy. Yeah, you're on. <laughs> Listen, um, uh, obviously it's been a while since I called, and I apologize for that. Or maybe I shouldn't apologize. No, you shouldn't apologize. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first off, uh, as a chronic caller over the years, I have to salute Mike as a first-time caller, offering to sign another male's boobs. Uh, <laughs> that is, uh, you know, there's no way you're topping that. That was that was tremendous, Mike. I, I highly encourage you to call back in. That is what people listen to late-night talk sports shows for, okay? Um, 
moving on to the, the the series itself, I think this. I think you guys would agree this is kind of a hinge series in the season. I've been looking at these three games for quite a while now and saying, okay, we're going to find out the wheat from the chaff here. Clearly, we lost badly tonight, um, debatably, I guess. But you know, at the end of the day, if it's a two-one split or if it's a three-zip. Uh, horrors, but um, you know this is this is a really pivotal point in the season. And what I'm seeing now, and I just wanted to get your get your thoughts on a couple things here. You know, we've always criticized the Oilers for not having depth, and I'm looking at well, maybe the depth is actually internal. Maybe it's Nurse, maybe it's Bouchard, maybe it's these other players, Archibald and whatnot, who we really didn't count on as being mature skill depths that are coming to the fore. I wonder if you guys feel the same way. And then I just want to ask my final question. I'll let you guys carry on from here is I'm looking at, okay, so Toronto's now number one in the league. I think the Oilers are number three, number four in terms of win percentage. Um, where does the North division rank compared to the other four divisions? My thoughts are, is that we're like third of the four divisions. It's defense and physical size and physical play that we're not seeing in the North that we're seeing in other divisions. And when the when 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 these two, when these divisions meet up, just like the Ameri- just like the Brooklyn Dodgers meeting up meeting up against the Yankees back in the fifties, it, it looked good and then not so much. Anyway, just yeah, that's, curious what your guys' thoughts are. Uh, what, sorry, Gord, what what do you mean more about? The, I didn't fully understand what you meant though about the depth. Like you mean guys? Well, I'm just saying up? we've we've always we've always criticized the the Oilers' biggest weakness besides goaltending and whatnot. Sure, was they just didn't have the depth. But it seems like the internal growth of the players, uh, you know, down the down the down the depth chart okay. is providing the depth that we thought we were we were lacking, and it's just it's 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 homegrown as it were. Well, it's definitely better, but I, I think that we can also tie that into your other comment too. That if the Oilers were playing a more uh, varied schedule, would they would we be talking about depth more often or lack yeah. thereof? Yeah, well, it's funny. I I no one really looks at the three American divisions much anymore because you're never seeing those teams, so you don't really have to worry about them until you know June. Um, there's there's some divisions that are deep. I, at the beginning of the season, I thought, well, what a tough division to be in the Islander-Penguin division. You know, they got six, seven playoff-type teams in that division. Well, Rangers aren't doing very no, well. No, not no. But they, would they be doing better if they weren't playing against those other teams? Yeah. See, that's the that's thing. They're, they're in a much tougher division. And then you look at the division that Vegas is in. They've got three quality teams in there. Then they got a big drop-off. Well, okay, Minnesota and L.A. are doing way better than, than expected. anyone expected. So we'll see what happens. Like, I would have said... The top end of that division was good. Yep. Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado. Absolutely. And then like, a I, big I, drop I, off. I, I might have said that was the weakest division as a whole because I would have thought the bottom five yes. teams would have been poor. But as we said, Minnesota and LA are certainly staying. But are they afloat. are they staying afloat because they're playing those other and really even bad Arizona's teams? Hanging yeah, up. but yeah. they're but they're playing all bad teams. There's five bad teams in that division, so that's why they're going to have. No, but that's points. what I'm saying. Two of the bad teams are doing okay. Yeah, but because they're, they're playing the other bad teams so many times, so it's now there's only three good teams. So it's not like they've got six good teams to play against. They got three, and if they haven't played them in the schedule because of the quirk, then all of a sudden you wouldn't be as bad. It's for the Oilers division. The one thing that we we see here, the Oilers division is great on offense. 
uh, not as good on defense. And yep. I saw a stat the other day where the top seven scoring teams in the NHL, four of them are from the Northern Division. Right. So, so that, that shows you. Is that just the good offensive players, or is or that is that they can exploit? Yeah. Bad defense. So no one really knows, and you can't. You can guess and, and estimate or guesstimate what what is good and what is bad. We won't really see that till the end of the year. But even then, at the end of the year, when the four best teams go to the semifinals, you're only seeing the best teams out of that division. So you don't really get an idea of which division is stronger top to bottom. If I'm guessing though, or just looking from past, the, the Pittsburgh division to me is the strongest. And the division with Vegas in, I believe, would be the weakest. But that's just on the outside right now looking. Because I think there's some strong... Florida, I think, is very good. Tampa is very good. Carolina is very good in their division. I mean, Tampa Bay, Florida, Carolina are all doing well. You referenced Chicago, surprisingly good. Dallas is They're 500. Yeah. Um, they've only played 16 games because of all the uh, cancel or postponements. And is there, are they Columbus only... is not doing great. No. N- Nashville and, and Detroit are, are lagging behind. But again, are they lagging behind because the top teams are so good? And Dallas, you wonder too, the fact that they've had so many uh, times where they've had to take breaks, how that's affected them coming back. Because they had a good start to the season and they've really struggled as of late. Um, but the one, the biggest thing that coaching staffs will tell their teams don't worry about anyone else anyways you don't have to worry about those other divisions whether your division's strong it's not strong you just have to worry about the team you're playing the next night for the Edmonton Oilers their next game is against a very good Toronto Maple Leaf team that they've got to go and find a way to be better with against and as Leon Drysettle said compete harder against win more battles win more races the Oilers strength of their team is their power play and they did not win enough battles and win enough races to put themselves on the power play tonight, and that is a big reason why they lost this hockey game. 4 nothing. Toronto takes it. You'll hear from Caleb Jones when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. So the North Division today, the Flames beat the Senators 6-3 this afternoon. The Jets and the Canadians are scoreless after one, and here at Rogers Place, the Maple Leafs full marks for their victory. Jack Campbell, a 30-save shutout as the Maple Leafs dump the Oilers 4 Nothing. So the Oilers are still second in terms of points, third in terms of points percentage in the north behind Toronto and uh, Winnipeg if you sort it by points percentage. Let's get some more post-game reaction here, courtesy Master Superstore. Here's defenseman Caleb Jones. It looked like you guys were trying, but nothing was working out there. Just couldn't get the things that have been going well for the last few days going. Is that a fair way to describe it? Yeah. Um... You know, they came out, they're a really good hockey team, and I think uh, uh, we were lacking energy a little bit at the start there, and, you know, if you make mistakes against that team or give them a little bit of space and time, they make you pay. So um, we had some chances tonight for sure, um, but, you know, they played hard, and I'm uh, looking forward to getting a rematch and getting those two points back. Yeah, all the, uh, when a team wins as much as you guys have been winning, a game like this, is, is, is it inevitable that you find a game like this after playing so well for so long? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough league. You know, every night's going to be different. But um, I think the one thing that we can definitely do consistently is, is our effort. You know, we can win battles and not lose one-on-ones. And, um, you know, I think we, we were losing some of those tonight, you know, myself included. And um, I think next game we're going to come out with a much more... Uh, you know, strong mindset and defending first and making sure that we're uh, being physical with them and not really giving them too many chances. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Caleb, you had 30 shots, but I didn't notice a lot of traffic in front of the net and a lot of 
you know, where he had to scramble and make some great saves. Is that how you saw a lot of one and done? Yeah, uh, their D were doing a really good job of making it hard on our forwards to get to the front of the net. And, you know, their goalie was, was able to see it, and he was making saves tonight. So, you know, sometimes, you know, the other team has good players too. Sometimes you gotta, you got to work through that. And, you know, we had, like I said, we had a couple chances there in the third, uh, you know, right in front, but it just wouldn't go. And, um, you know, we'll move on and just get ready for the rematch. Thank you. Derek Van Dees, Post Media. Hey, Caleb, in that first period, you guys had three or four really good looks and, and missed the net. You guys look at that period and go, you know, geez, if we could have maybe buried one of those chances, things would have been a little different going in the second. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can you could look at it that way. It's... Um you know, it's, it's a tough one because, you know, like I said, the other team, their goalie was playing well tonight. And, um, you know, sometimes that's how it goes, but you got to stick with it and, and make sure you're not giving up too much. And then, um, you know, you'll get your chances at the other end, especially with some of our forwards we have. So, um, yeah, I mean, you could look at it that way. And when you find out Austin Matthews isn't playing, does that kind of change things at all? Or does it change the way you kind of approach the game? Uh, no, not at all. You know, we're, we're worried about ourselves, and we're trying to play the same way every night and be a consistently hard team to play against. So, um, you know, obviously he's a big piece for them, but it doesn't change the way we play. Ryan Rashog, TSN. Caleb, <laughs> uh, just for you personally, you know, you worked your way back into the lineup and have been uh, you know, playing a reasonable amount here. You look around you and all you see are defensemen at practice. There's so many on the, on the team right now. How do you... How do you kind of carve out your space, and what do you need to do to make sure you can stay in that lineup? Uh, yeah, we have a lot of uh, good young defensemen and some good veterans, so uh, it's a lot of competition right now for to get in the lineup. So, um, you know, for me personally, I'm just trying to make sure I work hard every day and, and do what the coaches are telling me in, in whatever uh, role that needs to be, whether I need to be penalty killing or trying to uh, move pucks. So, um, for me personally, I'm just just trying to keep my head down, work hard every day, and when I get my chance, uh, just make the most of it and then make it really hard for them to have to take you out of the lineup again. This taxi squad situation is very different. You know, normally if you one or two guys sitting out, uh, but you know now the way it is, I mean, you, you potentially sitting out weeks at a time. Uh, how how different is that scenario, and how does it change your sense of urgency to you know to make sure you don't end up on the outside? Uh, it's tough for sure. Um... Yeah, I know for me, uh, that was, you know, a long time of sitting out. It's probably the longest I've ever uh, sought out during a season without playing a game. So, um, you know, it sucks. And then eventually, you know, you, you kind of get your mindset around that you're going to get it back in. And when you get back in, you just got to be ready for it. And, you know, like I said, you have to play well enough to where uh, the coaching staff feels that they need you in the lineup every night. So um, I'm sure everyone, you know, on the taxi squad has that mindset. And they do a really good job of keeping us ready to go. Tony Brar, Oilers TV. Hey, Caleb, just one question for me. It sounds like you and uh, Leon Dreisaitl will speak on behalf of the team and not being happy with your effort levels today. So you guys see this team again in 48 hours. What do the next 48 hours look like for you to make sure you guys are ready to go at puck drop on Monday night? Um, just uh, get a good rest, obviously, and then obviously get a good practice in tomorrow and um, you know, watch some videos, see what we need to clean up and um, things we can improve on and then work on them in practice and... Uh, you know, just kind of like the whole year's been, it's been kind of game, day off, game. So uh, we'll kind of flush this one and, you know, we just get ready for the next one. You know, we know we can be a good team and we, we do things the right way. So um, we'll, we're already looking forward to the rematch. 
That is Caleb Jones, and you will get the rematch on 6.30, Chad, Monday night. It's an 8 o'clock puck drop. Our face-off show will start at 6, and don't forget Monday from noon to 2, Bob Stoffer has Oilers now. Get more on this game on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place. Thanks to Cody Jansen, our studio producer back at the 630Ched Broadcasting Compound. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center as the Leafs take down the Oilers 4-0. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great evening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.